1: welcome into the bite me podcast it is going to be a good one it is going to be one that is right in captain scott knoll's wheelhouse if you will uh lots of cover today john lopez captain scott knoll captain caleb mccumber for a change steve is taking care of him he's got a little bug uh, going on i don't think he broke every bone <laughs> in, the, in his back legs in his hind quarters uh but he's uh, got a little bit of a bug Uh, He is out today, but as I mentioned, going to be really, really good to hear from Captain Scott on some specific, well, I mean, uh, my guys are always going to be experts on uh, all things fishing, but specific things that are good for you, Scott, uh, and that is uh, blind casting for trout with a fly. That's going to be on today's show, which we haven't, we've covered fly fishing uh, often, uh, but not necessarily specifics to that, uh, specific to that. Uh, Also a little shark talk Uh, and I'll get to the reason why I think it's very appropriate for where we are um, in terms of the fishery and people trying to find fish and everything. Uh, People were asking about uh, catching shark, cleaning shark, eating shark, uh, all the details uh, on that. And then of course, jetties. We're going to start with a deep dive, so to speak, into uh, jetties uh, because the, the way I put it um, Scott, uh, and I'll, we'll get right into this, uh, after I, I set up a couple of things and brag about a couple of people, in, including your better half, um, uh, the jetties just may be our savior <laughs> and I'll, I will explain, uh, people are looking for fish. Well, there's a good place to find fish and it's right there on those rocks, uh, or near the rocks. And, and we're going to get into everything you need to know. This is another area of your great expertise, Scott and, uh, Captain Caleb, hope he feels better. Uh, I don't know if it was a Chipotle or what, but that was the last time I had what he's got. It was Chipotle, <laughs> so I don't go there anymore. I know I should. It's a good restaurant. It's a good. It's a good place. Good chain, but man, I had a bad experience in that chain. What is yours, real quick? Have you ever had like that, and you're like, I ain't eating there anymore? I know Chipotle's yeah, good.
2: Yeah, not really at any particular restaurants. I mean, I've walked out of some. Yeah, I mean, I worked night shift in Houston on you know in the Gulfton area for a long time. I can get rough. My stomach could pretty much handle anything at that Mm -hmm. point. I was immune. I'm
1: the
0: same way. I can eat. I'm
2: I'm the leftover king. Yeah. There was a few of them I walked into, though, and I just kind of went, eh, maybe not.
1: (laughs) About, About three months ago, and I hadn't had this happen in years and years and years. And it's a funny story because we walked into this one restaurant, and I did exactly, it was me and my wife. I did exactly what you're talking about. I said, something just smells funny in here. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's fine. Let's just go next door to Chipotle and I'll be dog. We went to Chipotle and <laughs> that's where I got sick. That's where I got sick right there. It was uh, crazy Gibson is saying hello to everybody. I think, uh, uh, he wants to make sure everybody's happy, uh, on the podcast, but, uh, uh, no, let, let let's start with a little bit of bragging about some people, and I'm going to start with your better half. Uh, we mentioned this about a month ago, and it's worth mentioning again because we're just about ten days away uh, from uh, the Carry the Load uh, benefit walk. Um, and Camille, uh, it's is going to be at the Houston Fire uh, Department Station uh, Number Eight uh, on the 28th, and we're encouraging. Uh, it's a Memorial Day walk, and we're encouraging everybody. Uh, to take part in that. It's a good cause for a lot of good people, first responders and, uh, and veterans, etc. cetera. You can find everything you need to find uh, on the Bite Me group page. She has posted it. And uh, before we start bragging about some other people uh, who are definitely uh, you know, gonna be uh, worth uh, talking about, uh, I just mentioned the Bite Me group page. And, you know, we, we we had that fun episode last week uh, talking about all the, uh, you know, Jeremy's, uh, uh, Jeremy Compton's uh, video and all that. Well, it seems like we got some, how should I put it, uh, plants, uh, maybe some <laughs> um, yeah. uh, the smart Alex to put it nicely, uh, posting a lot of pictures of fish that clearly were not caught recently uh, on cleaning tables. I think sort of their uh, editorial statement, if you will. Regarding uh, what they view, look, and we don't have to rehash everything. Uh, but Scott, I know you wanted to talk about this because you and Camille were all over it uh, yesterday and today. We're on to you. We know what you're doing. It's yeah. I'm dealing. I'm sitting across from a former police investigator for murders <laughs> and such. Uh, it's not going to be that hard to figure out what you're doing.
2: Yeah, it it's fairly obvious at times. You know, there's some guys that wanted to get in there and just start things up. And honestly, it's our page. I'm not going to put up with it. Yeah. You know, we've, we've worked hard to make it a nice, friendly place. Um, somebody asked a question today and somebody wanted to put in there, you know, they're fixing to drag you, you know, about his question. Well, that's not what we do. That's mm-hmm. not how we react to things. And, uh, well, I'm just not going to put up with, it. I got a delete button. <laughs> and, uh, I've been really active using it here lately. I hate to do that. I, I you know, I don't want to, you know, the censorship or the whatever, Yeah, you, know, you can call it no. whatever you want to, but I want our place to be friendly inviting and a place where you can come in and ask a question. If it's a dumb question or, you know, to some people, if you think it's a dumb question, pass it by. Or ask it anyway. It. And, and just preface it with like, well, Hey, I'm I talking just don't about know this. this. That, that's the whole purpose uh, of our community. Yeah. I'm talking about the responders. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you, if it, if you look at that question, you go, man, that's a dumb question just pass it on by it doesn't hurt you just mm-hmm. cruise on by it i I just don't want ours to turn into what i've seen a whole lot of other fishing and hunting groups turn into yeah where it's all everybody just comes in just to watch pop yeah. pop the popcorn sit back and watch the mayhem take place mm-hmm. i'd rather not have that there's enough of those out there you want to you want to go find one there's plenty of them around yeah uh ours is a little more friendly, I guess you'd say. I'd, welcoming
1: uh, is yeah. what I would say. That's why I always. There's call enough it the,
2: of the other. There's enough of the other mess out there. Yeah. That we don't need to add to it. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it, and so don't get your feelings hurt if I delete something that uh, <laughs> that you post. Just think about what you posted and whether or not it was really appropriate.
1: Well, I, I say it's welcoming, and I say it's a community all the time. Because, you know, people have said this in the past. I've had it said to me. I remember an English teacher in high school, no such thing as a dumb question. Mm. Uh, there there really isn't. I mean, you might think some people might think it's dumb because they know the answer. And they're like, how does that guy or that girl not know that the whole premise of the podcast, the whole premise of the group page has been to don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask that dumb question. I mean, there's there's some today that was some topics today that, you know, we're going to get into and I'm sure somebody out there who is an expert in that particular thing, or has a lot of experience in that particular thing is going to say, is kind of going to roll their eyes and say, well, you know, who doesn't know that? Well, some people don't. I mean, th- th- that's yeah.
2: why we have, you weren't born with that knowledge.
1: Yeah, exactly. You figured it out somewhere along the way.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, and so that's why, uh, uh we like to keep it uh, friendly and welcoming on the group page, a couple of other things and we'll get right into the jetty discussion, which I think is going to be really, really fun. Um, I had a really, really fun time with uh, Jeremy Compton and uh, T-Pain. I don't know how he got that nickname. Uh, is Trinidad Herrera? <laughs> We're playing golf. And uh, at Trinidad, I, I, I called him on the scorecard. I wrote T-Dad, you know, short for Trinidad. And he goes, well, some people call me Tr- uh, Trini, but you can call me T-Dad. Well, it turned into T-Pain somehow. <laughs> that was Jeremy. I guarantee you that was Jeremy. I guarantee you it was. Um, and so that that's how that is. But we had a really good time uh what a great host of course uh, for doing this uh paul falgu over at deadly dudley it was it was over at northgate country club it was a lot of fun i was the d player in the group but i had my moments of uh, of good shots uh i got a natural birdie on a par three so that was cool a couple of pars and then a couple of triples and more <laughs> so it was, uh, <laughs> it was a typical scramble round for me so uh, don't forget you can get that uh uh, those A lot of guys were talking about that out there. Uh, get those uh, uh, get those deadly, deadly lures at deadly com. Type in bite me 20 and you get the 20% discount. All right, so we'll get into some other stuff, but let's get into the jetty question. Uh, and this came uh, to me. I don't know if you got this one directly or not, Scott, but I immediately thought of you uh, because it was a question like, um, I'm trying to find fish, Right. And, and went on to, I don't have it in front of me directly, but went on to say, you know, I haven't found fish, which is not uncommon right now. A lot of people are struggling here and there uh, just for a number of different reasons that we've covered on this podcast. Uh, but he said, everybody else talks about the jetties in the summertime. It's heated up. The wind has died down this week. It'll pick back up. Uh, I believe a little bit later in the week, but we'll get to what, what Scott now. do uh, toward <laughs> the end of the the podcast. But if you're getting out this week, I'm actually going to go out uh, tomorrow. Um, I'm going to uh, knock off from work and go straight down and go fishing a little bit in the afternoon and evening since it's uh, uh, getting dark after eight now. Uh, so I'm going to do a little fishing, uh, midweek fishing here. But the question was about the jetties. and 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 the way I put it, Scott, I'm going to kind of break it up because I'm not going to start with what to look for, where to find fish, how do you approach the rocks? Um, because we will get to that, but he was talking about, I just want to find fish. What can I find out there? And I thought, what can you not find out there? But then I started thinking, depending on where you are on the, on the jetties, you know, shallow, deep, close to the rocks, away from the rocks, kind of midway between those two points what the color of the water is looking like like what should be the first you know hey i think i'm going to try this moment when you you know for relative novices going out to the jetties oh man
2: that's what i mean it's (laughs) it's it's gonna be a deep dive because there's a lot to cover the jetties are a very long topic i mean right we got time there's there are so many different nuances to it uh you can you can go out there with the attitude of I'm going to bring some shrimp and I'm going to catch what I catch. Uh, you can go out there and have fun with it. You can catch pretty much anything. I mean, hell anything from little, little snapper, you know, my favorite little mangrove snapper, uh, sheep's head drum, redfish trout. Uh, those are your main bay species that'll end up there, but you'll also find tarpon uh there can be snook at the jetties uh all up and down the coast now we've got snook uh, they're not common by any means until you get further south but i've i've seen them caught at the galveston jetties uh, you can get ling uh, you know i i got a really funny ling story from the jetties from way back but uh yeah i mean there's Stephen reed caught a sailfish at the jetties here in port o'connor you know we've talked about that uh Pretty much anything that swims out there can find its way to our jetties, Uh, especially the middle and lower coast. You get here, I mean, we've got 100 foot of water right off the jetties a couple of holes out there. Uh, That blue water comes into our our jetties, comes up through the jetties. There's times we catch kingfish in the bay, on the bay side of the jetties. Uh, I was out there this morning, and everything was going off. Uh, the the ribbon fish were in and getting just blasted, absolutely destroyed by jacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, jacks are a lot of fun. Uh, there's you have to kind of figure out what you you know what do you want to go do. I you mean, know, you want to just go out there and target trout. If you want to do that, a slip court with a shrimp will work really well. Uh, bouncing lures off the rocks. Uh, look for the look for the bait being pushed right up against the rocks. Uh, that's when you know you have more of your sport fish, mm-hmm. you know your trout and your reds and and jacks and tarpon and things like that. They'll push the bait right up to the to the rocks. Uh, the snapper, uh, sheep's head, drum, they're going to be you know, in the crevices. You know they they kind of hang out down low. You know they, they they're more uh, more scavenger type you know type thing, but uh, they'll eat a live shrimp just as quick as a trout will. Uh, if you're looking for tarpon, that's a very specific thing. You, you have to have the right conditions, be in the right areas, and know what you're looking for and be prepared to target those. Uh, to target a sailfish, I have no idea. You just <laughs> happen to be there, and it just happens in front of you, and, and it just it goes off. Uh, jacks, like today, we were throwing big, huge tuna poppers from Russell Lure. Uh, the really big, the, I think it's a six-inch mm-hmm. tuna popper. Big, strong, heavy hooks. And We had one jack today that straightened out a uh, uh, swivel, the 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 split ring. It was a hundred and ten pound split ring, oh and he my, goodness. It. <laughs> my <laughs> I mean, goodness Jacks are Jacks are a blast. But he was in that current. We had a real mm-hmm. strong incoming tide, and that fish was he was uh, Collins was putting some pressure on it. Mm-hmm. He's a buddy of mine from Dallas. And he was putting some serious pressure on that thing. He designs rods. Yeah. And so he was like testing out a rod. <laughs> well, so he had that thing bent to the cork and then it finally just gave up on the, the thing. At the gave swivel, up yeah. This, you know, at that end. Rod did and, uh, fine. <laughs> yeah, the rod. rod did fine. I mean, I was kind of stepping back thinking that thing's fixing to explode. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it held up just fine. That's funny. But, We're doing a little rod testing out there today.
1: Well, that's good, man. And so it was was good, good Jack action. Well, actually that leads to another really good,
2: really good question. Go ahead. As far as what to look for. I mean, the rocks are structure. Yeah. You've got structure. You've got current. You want to, I typically like to fish the beginning and the end of the tide, whether it's incoming or outgoing right in the middle of the tide. A lot of times the water's moving too hard, too fast. Mm -hmm. So saying it's an outgoing tide and it's just ripping i mean it's your trolling motor can't hold you in place Mm -hmm. uh go around the end of the rocks and go go fish just past the tip because that water's going out and think of it like a little volcano it's spewing and there's a eddy current right around the ends and the Mm -hmm. tips Uh, when it's coming in really hard that's a different story It, it it can make it really difficult to get set up in there uh the middle of the tide is just tough the bait fish kind of disappear on you Mm -hmm. Uh, i think they go down into the crevices of the rocks Uh, and if it's dead slack tide you don't really want that either that you need some water movement you want want the water moving at a moderate pace i like for my trolling motor when i when i hit spot lock Mm -hmm. i always look at it and see what it you know what number it's holding at and if it's not windy uh, so I'm not fighting the wind along with the current. I like to see it at about a four, mm-hmm. somewhere around four or five. Then I know we're in, in pretty good shape. Yeah. If it starts having to bump up to eight, nine, 10, or the worst is when it's at 10 and you're still going backwards, the trolling <laughs> motor is doing its best and you're just backing <laughs> up. Uh, that's when it's just too much. You just need to go do something different. Uh, go find something else to do until it slacks off a little bit. The the
1: one thing that I've had asked of me a lot, uh, so let me ask you. Okay, so hey, you know we're gonna go fish the jetties, uh, and and again I I put it as it may just may be our savior because the bays have been sporadic, you know some uh, some things maybe beachfront is not really hopping yet, but you can go to the jetties. So you're going. I say so we say all right, Scott, we're going to the jetties, and I'm I'm heading out to the jetties. What determines inside the right jetty? outside the right jetty, inside the left jetty, outside the left jetty. You know, that, that, that those four things right there could give you a world of different options, a world of different success. Correct.
2: Right. today was perfect example. The South jetty, the water, we had an incoming tide and it was getting stronger. It was picking up, uh, the inside of the South was dirty because we had a Southwest wind for a couple of days. Beachfront got a little dirty. The water's getting sucked in around the end of the jetties on, you know, from the beach. The North jetty held clearer water through that Southwest wind because it was protected. The water coming in around the end of the, uh, the North jetty was fine. It was clear. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. South jetty was dirty. There was a line of demarcation about two thirds of the way across the channel. Uh, I'm going to go fish that cleaner water as I'm pulling up and I see that. I went over and looked at the South jetty just because that's usually where I find tarpon. A lot of this is historical, Mm -hmm. you know, what you've done in the past and how you've, how you've had success there. I also had talked to Will Granberry and we had run into each other while we were catching the Jacks earlier. I stayed back and was hoping that the Jacks would come back up and they didn't. And Will called me and said, he found some bull reds at the end of the jetty. So I went out there his trolling motor had took a dump on him, and so he, <laughs> he was headed back in. He was going to go in and fish the bay, uh, places that he could power pole down and you know, just work yeah. out his trip. Uh, so I went right to where he was talking about, and I could mark those fish, but they flat would not eat. We were jigging them. Uh, he was throwing bait, and they caught them, but we were jigging them over there. So that's another thing. It's what's been happening recently. And that was recently as in like an hour before we got there. Mm-hmm. And it changed. Yeah, you know, something changed the whether it was the current or whatever it was. He said they were down on the bottom. When I got there, they were at the mid middle column. Uh they were in forty feet of water and they were sitting at about twenty feet. I don't know if they were just chilling mm-hmm. or if we just weren't getting it in the right hole, right, you know, at the right level. But yeah. we had good enough electronics on that boat. It was a friend of mine's boat. And I could see their jigs on the electronics. I could see no, them. No, that's jigs good electronics. <laughs> and they were right in them, you know, so I know that the, the fish were seeing it. Mm-hmm. They just weren't eating for whatever reason. Uh, after that, we went around the jetty uh, because that was protected on that side. We had a little, you know, that south wind was in such a way that the north side of that jetty was protected. So we went around there. We ended up catching trout, ladyfish, and having some other stuff pop up. It's all by feel. I mean, I hate, hate to say that yeah. in that way because I, I get it. People don't have that feel when they're just starting out. But over time, you fish it enough, you start getting that just an innate feel about it that, okay, I need to be on the outside. And yeah. then there's some days when I just bounce around. I'll, I'll try the inside of the north, inside of the south, outside, inside, back and forth and as the tide changes and speeds up slows down comes in goes out i'm bouncing bouncing around and seeing what i can find yeah Uh, sometimes during the summer the kingfish roll in and they get right off the end of the jetty on outgoing tide that's just historical knowledge so i go check it Mm -hmm. they're not there every day that's not a that's the thing with the jetties. nothing is super super consistent uh everything's moving changes yeah uh the depths change on you. You know, we get such strong tides through our jetties that, that our, our bottom changes, you know, so I'm constantly looking at the, at the depth readings and, and realizing, Hey man, there's a new washout right here. Yeah. That might, you know, file that away. That might work later. Market. It's not working right now, but yeah. next week, you know, who knows, maybe that'll pay off for me. Uh, it's just a matter of really watching all the surroundings, everything that's going on, um, Watch the bait fish uh, when it's not when the fishing's not good, like on a slack tide in between. Uh, we have no current. Yeah. I'll run up and down the jetties with the electronics and run my side scan, and I'll start looking and see if I can see bait balls, and I'll mark where those bait balls are. Okay, they're about a third of the way down the jetties. When that tide starts rolling in in a little bit or rolling out. I know I got bait right in that area. That's Mm -hmm. the first place I'm gonna go to. Uh, That's where my tarpon are gonna be. That's where my my game fish are gonna show up. Somewhere around those bait. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft CoPilot. That feeling when CoPilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When CoPilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when CoPilot uncovers hidden insights you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for
1: all. You know, it, you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth because I was going to say this. You've heard me say this, Caleb, and our listeners have heard me say this. And I know it's really, really expensive right now, but I, I've said it's just gas. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a little more dicey now, but um what you're talking about i was just going to ask you about a lot of times you go out to the jetties and you think okay well it looks like outside of of this jetty i said right north whatever um looks like it's pretty good a lot of times i'll run that jetty you know pretty good distance away from the actual rocks just to kind of see what's happening on the rocks what you're talking about bait maybe something that i haven't seen before in terms of you can actually see sometimes if it's clear, the, the, some fish bait, you know, some game fish or some other fish swimming. I'll just kind of putter along the rocks for a good while to see, you know, where I want to stop, if there might be a better spot, a worse spot. Cause a lot of times, and I'm not saying I've never done this. Cause I have, uh, you know, you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, well, I guess I'll start right here. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this looks like as good a place as any I've done that. Yeah. But if you, if you have that just extra little patience to, to run your boat, And find the, you know, the best using the side scan, whatever, you know, you, you have, if you don't have it, watch the water, watch the bait. A lot of times, you know, you, you get to the jetties, you decide which side you're going to, you know, fish and then go a little, you know, take that one extra step and just kind of go along those jetties and and try to see where the best action, the most action is.
2: It, it's also a thing of which jetties are you on, uh, and what time of the week is it, if it's a weekday. In Port O'Connor, I can get over there on the jetties and drop my trolling motor, and I can go all up and down the jetty and, and fish it like you're bass fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm just fishing structured. We did that today. There was not another boat on the jetties while we were out there. That's awesome. Uh, one pulled up later, but uh, they stayed on the inside. We were on the outside of the jetty by ourselves, had the whole entire length of it. So I got on the trolling motor. I had my guys put on crankbaits, and we just worked crankbaits up and down the rocks. Mm-hmm. and that really pays off at times um that's a good good way to find redfish in particular mm-hmm. um, got my butt kicked on a redfish tournament way back in the day and when when we first started the tournaments the couple of Louisiana boys came over here and they crank baited the jetties and kicked all of our tails yep uh <laughs> that was before we really realized hey fast crankbaits on the jetties that's a thing
1: yeah i've had people tell me man why are you guys talking about crankbaits? because we've mentioned it you know here and there or over the last few months i'm here to tell you like good old you know not the biggest lip i don't know about you maybe you do I'm it biggling. kind of the mid say the mid-sized lip uh crankbait i don't know what you're talking th- that
2: is gold uh and it's a good fish finder um on the draw on the rocks i want the deep ones you do running deep I want to throw, I want them to throw it right up on the rocks because the rocks, it's like a pyramid. You know, what you see on the top is just a very small section. That's not a wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing's got a real wide base on it. So throw that crankbait up there and work it down. And when you feel it banging onto the rocks, you're going to beat up some crankbaits. I mean, yeah. They're going to, they're going to, by the end of the day, they're going to look rough, <laughs> but that's the way you catch fish on those rocks you're banging it along there and you're, you're hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Uh, i like a DD 22, 22 deep, uh, diver. I've used those use, uh, lipless crankbaits, rattle trap style. Yeah. Yeah. And throw those, rip them. And, uh, that works really well. Uh, we were, we were messing around on the way in and found some birds working, had some frigates actually working, had like oh, really? half a dozen frigates in the bay. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And, uh, turned out, it was nothing but a bunch of ladyfish underneath them, but they were big ones and we <laughs> stopped and played with them for a little while. had fun with them jumping and carrying on, but blood everywhere. We were catching those on rattle traps. Yeah, uh, So they would blow up a top water, but they couldn't get hooked on it. But the rattle trap, man, that was money on them. There's not a lot that won't work at the jetties is I guess what I'm getting around to. Mm-hmm. If you want to go out there and just have a good day and go catch some fish and have fun, you don't have a lot of current get just enough weight to drop it down uh getting about 10-12 feet of water off the rocks that's usually depends on which jetties you're on but at ours that's you know 20-30 feet off the rocks and drop down like you're crappie fishing and catch those mangrove snapper you want the sheep's head and maybe some trout maybe some reds get under a popping cork Throw it right up on the rocks. Don't be afraid to throw up tight to the rocks. That's where the fish are. Hit the rocks. I mean, hit it. You know, yeah. Work it around those little cuts. and You can see the water washing in and out, and that's sucking bait in and out. Uh, so those those kind of fish are going to be right up there into those rocks. Uh, you can throw any kind of lure. I mean, I throw soft soft plastics, crankbaits, lipless crankbaits. Uh, throw a lot of my DOA stuff out there. I do really well with the little terrorize. Uh it, it falls nose first and then it's got it's got soft plastic over the lead on those and you can bounce it on those rocks and i can feel it mm-hmm. hitting those rocks and banging into them and what it looks like in the water is a little fish eating algae and stuff off a rock yeah uh, when you work it right and that thing will get hammered yeah
1: that's uh, good and then Uh, A couple of other things here on the jetties. I I wanted to definitely kind of dig deep on on these because so many people are are looking that way off the rocks. You mentioned, you know, maybe 20, 30 feet, sometimes even more than that. uh, You can get into uh, Spanish mackerel sharks, which we're going to get to sharks here in a little bit. Um, You know, what's the difference? Let's say you're 50 yards off versus up on the rocks, up on the rocks, game fish, as you just mentioned, but you can find some, if you want to get some drag pulled, you can find them off the
2: rocks too. Yeah, uh, you got to think of the structure fish are going to be on the rocks. And depending on which jetties you're on, you want to use your depth finder and figure out where the end of the rocks are. And you can see it clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it's going down, 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 and then it goes flat. Uh, that edge right there is oftentimes really good too, where it transitions from the sand to the rock. Mm-hmm. That can be really good. The pockets at the base of both jetties, depending on which way the wind's blowing and what kind of water clarity you have, bait fish get pushed up in those pockets quite a no. bit. And I, I'll run into Jack Spanish mackerel, uh, everything that's coming down the beach hits those hits that they're coming ride. right up on it. They're, they're cruising down the beach. Like, uh, Cobia will sometimes sit in those little pockets and swim around. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lively place. You know, it can uh, – the Spanish mackerel, they're, they're cruising all over. They're typically – I find them more off the ends of the jetties on an outgoing tide, something that's mm-hmm. sweeping some bait out of the bays. And they're, they'll be – they may be 50 yards out. They may be 200 yards out. But they're, there's usually some turns or something working around them, and you'll see the little splashes, and that'll be the Spanish mackerel. Uh, kingfish do the same thing, just yeah. on a much bigger stage.
1: And the other thing, uh, I was going to say the two, two more parts to this question was a gear question and my, my initial, you know, kind of reaction was you got to have a little bit of everything from the strength of the rod has to run the comment, the strength of the rods you have on the boat. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the everything from crankbaits to soft plastics, to a popping cork with the, with shrimp, if you have it to some good, strong leaders, because you know spanish Macs and stuff like that that'll and sharks uh i mean that'll really tear up some stuff you almost have to have the whole spectrum whatever you got in your garage whatever you got in your shop
2: you almost have to have a little bit of everything right yeah you'll know you're into spanish mackerel when you throw out something flashy like you know a spoon took a spoon out there and you didn't even feel anything but <laughs> now you don't have anything out there yeah you know, reel really in an empty line that was spanish mackerel it doesn't require a lot of wire And the shorter the wire, the better actually on, if you're getting, think you're getting into Spanish mackerel, I may only use like four inches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't take much. It's just a little bite tip. Um, sharks, that's a different story. You, you got to gear up for sharks. You gotta, you gotta really do, do some different things if you're going to go out and target sharks. Well, we'll
1: get into that in just a second, Uh, but go ahead. But
2: we do have occasional catches of sharks where it just hooks them in the corner of the mouth and it just works out that they don't bite through it. Mm. Uh, I've had them hit lures like that and end up with a lure in the side of their you know, side of their jaw and everything's good and we managed to get them in without losing a lure uh, that's kind of rare yeah but uh, I've, I've fun. Lost pl- it's awful lost fun. a lot of lures out there <laughs> uh, Last year we had poppers going and we were catching jacks and all of a sudden black tips showed up and then I lost every popper I had <laughs> in just in a matter of about thirty minutes
1: uh and then you know one more thing because we've covered like what to look for on the rocks and you you mentioned it a little bit here but the other question was and and this kind of speaks to what we talked about at the top of the podcast uh, this gentleman was a little bit embarrassed to ask but don't be don't be embarrassed to uh to to ask on uh, the group page don't be embarrassed to text uh, me at lopez on sports uh you uh uh, captain scott is on facebook Uh, on the group page you can message him and certainly on Instagram um, and I'm at Lopez on sports on Instagram and Twitter, by the way. But he was like, I don't know how to, how to act like what the etiquette is, you know, on a good weekend. A lot of our listeners will fish on the weekends. You see two, three boats, you know, how much is too much room? How much is not enough room to maybe n- nudge in because we've talked on this podcast about, well, if you're in the Bay and there's other boat, you can find the same conditions somewhere else. And I think sometimes you can find the same conditions somewhere else on the jetties, but it's, it's much more of a limited, you know, space. I think, and, and maybe you will disagree with me, but there is a different attitude from other boaters uh, as well. When you're on the jetties, you don't want to be a total jerk about it, but they
2: understand that everybody's got to kind of find their, their little spot. Right. Right. I mean, trolling motors have changed a lot of that yeah. uh, because it used to be, you had to anchor. That was the only way, and you got anchor lines crossed, and you got people mad because, you know, pulling into anchor, and, you know, they may have had 200 feet of anchor line out, and now somebody's hanging up on their anchor. Uh, the troll motors with SpotLock have mm-hmm. been a game changer on the jetties.
1: Yeah, no question about uh, it.
2: We get in there now, and there's, there's a group of guys here that all work out of the same lodge. And they'll literally be handshake distance apart. Mm-hmm. I mean they get right on top of each other once they get on some fish. I wouldn't suggest that, but uh coming in slow with your trollo motor and not being on the big motor, uh, that'll earn you some brownie points with whoever's out there, uh, spot locking and being being courteous that way. Uh, most everybody's going to be throwing at the rocks, you know for the most part and maybe a 45-degree angle in front of them towards the rocks. Mm-hmm. So kind of judge that, how far off the rocks are they, and if they were throwing at a 45-degree angle, you know, how how would I be? Yeah, you know, yeah. About, or sit back and watch where they're casting. You know, if they're casting, you know, 45-degree angle down the rocks, move just, you know, another cast away. Yeah. Um, there's generally enough room i know everybody wants to be in particular spots around the end of the jetties and some days you'll see it look like a circus out there with people (laughs) moving in and out and in and out uh i'm lucky here typically it's not that crowded over there Mm -hmm. but i have have, used to fish the galveston jetties and my god that that north jetty at at the end of the north jetty on the outside would just load up with boats and you could just about walk from boat to boat um, yeah it's just there there's no absolute correct answer it, it's situational uh, and and sitting back and watching how everybody else is doing it if you're new to it and just kind of sp- figure out what the spacing looks like yeah yeah you know, find that if it's really crowded and then find find you a parking spot Yeah, you know, that's got about that much distance on either side of you to slide in yeah um, typically most everybody at the rocks is a lot like you said it's a different attitude than in the bay it is it really because is everybody realizes what's going on and they're a lot more tolerant of people getting a little bit close now you get close enough that you can toss a toss a, a live shrimp into my boat you're <laughs> probably too close you know you, you're getting there uh, i've had people when we've been on been on tarpon. And I'm spot locked in. and I've had them come right up to the boat. We could yeah. throw a fly into their boat. I mean, they get. <laughs> hey, way is that an close. extra large shirt you're wearing or a large? I can't tell. I see everything yeah. else. <laughs>
1: yeah. it, oh, it looks like it's double stitched. <laughs> uh, it's right. nice. That's nice the shirt. <laughs> well, you know, it, someone it, gets someone gets within fifty yards of you on a bay. That's way too close. Yeah. Someone gets within fifty yards on you on a jetty.
2: You're all right. You're fine. Yeah. I mean, I'd say you know. 30 40 yards mm. is probably about right on a crowded weekend yeah you know, now you get out there and there's two boats on the jetties don't go park between them yeah <laughs> yeah <You know>, i <laughs> mean if there's two boats fairly close together you got the rest of the rocks oh, yeah you know, if that's your spot and that's where you really wanted to fish go fish somewhere else close by and when one of those guys move everybody's moving on the rocks oh yeah yeah you know, they're always picking up moving down a little bit further your spot's going to come open eventually and then you can slide over there and get in it if you want to. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's a, it's a pretty happy place. You know, there's not a lot of a lot of turmoil or anything that goes on out there on the rocks. Yeah, no question
1: Uh, I want to get into the sharks uh, because that was another really good question. Ties in with this in the sense of people are trying to look for other options, uh, but I forgot to brag about uh, Michael Krulik over a really good story. If you want to find out how he started the business at Knock and Tail, it's voyagehouston.com. He sent me the link and I read the whole story right before we came on air. It's really good uh, how he wanted to create that bait, the Knock and Tail lure, and, and, and how he you know, kind of came into that business. Uh, it, it, it's a little bit you know, daunting if you're considering doing it, but it's really interesting for him. And of course, uh, for him as well, over at mycoastoutdoors.com, uh, type in bite me 20. And he's got those new five inch and three and a half inch. Uh, you can get 20% off if you are a list, just another, just another benefit of being uh, in the bite me podcast, uh, community. All right. So before I get specifics about sharks, Scott, um, did there were, have you noticed how many questions we're getting like this about the jetties and trying to find other fish, you know, and, and, and here we are yeah. talking about, you know, trout and redfish and, and the cleaning table shots and all that I'm saying, I'm thinking like a good percentage of the questions I've been getting. have been like, Hey, uh, about those, uh, mangrove snapper. Hey, about the jetties. Uh, hey. And this one was about shark, which I don't mind. I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a great thing to do. Uh, but it should be telling people before we get into the specifics of sharks about why we do the things we do and try to encourage the things we encourage, uh, with catch and release because people are having a hard time all up and down. I I saw somebody text me from, from Florida, right on the Florida, Alabama, whatever border, um, and saying, man, they're having a hard time now. I said, that's a surprise, but mostly on the Texas Gulf coast people are having a hard time finding fish, So it's a good time to, to maybe explore some other options.
2: Was well, like what we did today. These guys just—they came down from Dallas. They wanted to go out and just have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just go have a good good time. Let's get some big big pulls. And we went out and we caught jacks. We caught hell. We caught a stingray, uh, totally by accident. Oh, look at you! <laughs> no foul hooked stingray. Oh, uh, yeah. That was that was a circus. There's thirty uh, minutes. Yeah, we got some ladyfish. You know, we had a Spanish mackerel. We, you know, we just goofed off out there and guys had a blast you know they they caught fish they had mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. and they drank some beer and we laughed and we cut up we made fun of each other and that's what it's all about is getting out there and doing that it's not about how many fillets we can put in a bag yeah and, and it's fun when i got guys that get that and they're open to whatever you know so we just go out there and just start looking and see what's what's feeding yeah. you know, what's happening? You know, we saw some birds, we saw some frigates working. Let's go see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's ladyfish. Yeah. Let's catch a few of those and then we'll move on. But it's cool uh, in the sense of you can learn new things. And,
1: and the, this shark question, I did, I did put this one uh, on my notes here. Um, you know, best sh- shark setups for beachfront and how to bleed them if you want to keep one. And the question is I'm all in guys on catching and releasing. And, and, and I also realized the fishery Has been affected. I'm thinking about targeting sharks for fun and to maybe try on the grill. What should I know? Uh, First of all, you know, I applaud this uh, because you're going to have a a fun time, depending on how big the shark is. (laughs) You're going to have a fun time uh, and you can eat sharks. I haven't done it in a while, probably five, six years ago. Uh, It was the last time uh, I I, I kept one for someone who, who wanted to have some. But there's nothing wrong with it, but there are some specific things you need to know. But first, let's talk about the setup. Hey, man, I'm tired of of banging my head against the wall looking for trout. You know, I, I, I want to maybe, I just want to have some fun. Got people on the boat, just want them to catch some fish. I want to catch a shark. What What are you doing, Scott? Bait
2: is number one. You know, you can catch some sharks on lures at times. You know, they'll, they'll hit a popper if they get really fired up, uh, especially little black tips. They're mm-hmm. really, really good at hitting poppers uh mostly you're gonna do a little bit of chumming and wait wait a little bit and put out some put some meat out there uh stingray we kept that one today because the guys wanted to go shark fishing this evening that's that was what their plan was uh as soon as we came in we ate, ate a little lunch and they were going to go back out this evening on their own and go play with sharks yeah uh a, a jackfish is really good you want something oily Uh, if you can grind them, you know, if you've got an old grinder, uh, grind it up and make you some chum and just, you don't want to feed them. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people screw up on chumming. They chum too much and you end up feeding the fish instead of tempting them. Uh, you want to get them interested and excited. It has to be like a cloud. Yeah. You want it to come to the boat. You want them to have a reason to come up to the boat. Um, as far as gear goes it doesn't take that big of a reel anymore because of braid. Like we talked about last week, mm-hmm. uh, a 4,500 size spinning reel, 5,000 size spinning reel is plenty, uh, bait casters. Uh, what I use a lot is the, uh, uh, the tranks in about a 300 to 400 size, same thing I'm using on, you know, the tarpon, uh, that'll handle pretty much any shark that we're going to get into unless it's a, one of them big ones. And, To go after the really big ones, you got to gear up completely different. That's a whole different conversation. But the fun sharks, the black tips, you know, sharp nose, bonnet head, spinners, that type of shark, uh, a little heavier than bay gear is plenty enough for most of them. Uh, Circle hooks, that's that's a really good way to go. Uh, That way they pretty much hook themselves. They grab it, they turn, they're headed off. Uh, the hook gets set in the corner of their mouth, and everything's all good. It's easy to get it out later. Um, if you don't, if you don't want to mess with that sharp end of the the fish, you can cut that. You know, cut the hook. Don't use a stainless steel hook. Use the cadmium type hooks, the the plated ones, and they'll they'll rust out. They'll work their way out. Yep. Um, so you don't have to worry about it too much. Just reach up and get as tight to that hook as you can. You don't want them dragging a bunch of leader behind. Um, leaders, I kind of like the cable style leader better than the, the single strand wire. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems to hold up a little better to the frame. Uh, Almost braided. It's almost looking like a braid. Yeah. The braided, braided style cable looking uh, leader. Um, I go ahead and make up, if I'm going to go out there and play with the sharks, I've, I've got a dozen or more leaders pre-made, uh, depending on what size sharks you think you're going to encounter, you might want a little longer leader shark when you feel of a shark it's rough Mm -hmm. it's like sandpaper you don't want monofilament rubbing on that shark it's going to break at some point the especially with the tail slapping it uh so a longer leader than than what your shark is going to be it comes in handy um weight is that's optional i mean there's times i'll float them behind a balloon Mm -hmm. and blow up a balloon, tie it on the line, six or eight feet up the line, and then just let the let the wind carry it or the current carry the balloon off. Fish takes it. Generally, the balloon pops. It stays mm-hmm. on your line. It stays tied onto your line, so you're not not littering. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you can free line it with nothing on it. You can also weight it down and, and drop it to the bottom. Uh, there's infinite ways of going about catching a shark and a lot of it depends on what kind of conditions you're looking at around the end of the jetties i want to float it because they're typically going to be up in the water column a little more in the bays you're talking four or five feet of water it could be on the bottom middle top they're going to find it yeah Uh, one good way to to find areas for sharks that uh the wade fishermen in our crowd might not like but wherever you hear about some guys like at uh, Greens over here in Matagorda, <laughs> they're getting hammered by some sharks on their stringers. You'll start seeing it. You know, everybody starts bitching about the the sharks hammering yeah. them up. That's a good place to go shark fishing. <laughs> be, that uh, makes sense. Yeah, it's a really good place to start off. You got uh, get, you're chumming right by a waiter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Uh, just go on. I'm just cutting up ladyfish
1: over here and <laughs> yeah, throwing out little on, bite sized pieces. <laughs> continue what you're doing. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I did well, want to emphasize I'm gonna pull that them away that. from you. I'm going to help you out. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm 50 yards away. That's uh, that's safe distance. And you're, meanwhile, you're throwing chum out <laughs> at their feet. Um, you
2: know, that any place that there's a bunch of wade fishermen that are yeah. trout fishing, there's going to be sharks in that area more than likely. Oh, exactly. yeah. oh, and yeah. so hanging off the drop off in an area <laughs> like that is not a bad idea for picking off a few sharks. Um, uh, if you really <laughs> want to get into sharks, go to the chandeliers my yeah. god that that place is just loaded with sharks you and get up you in a helicopter or
1: something or a little airplane you can you're like holy smokes
2: they're just yeah, everywhere they're everywhere everywhere yeah there's more sharks out there than what we think there are mm-hmm. and especially if you guys are waiting in the surf i've flown over the surf in small planes quite a bit no they're and circling there them. are some big sharks practically out in those guts. swimming through their legs oh yeah they're they're swimming all around you yeah and they're not gonna bother you what they're they're gonna hit your stringer if they hit anything yeah that's why we use long long stringers in the surf i told you that uh, story that's
1: why i went to long stringer i got hit once and i yeah, never was gonna do that again <laughs>
2: yeah. a lot of times though they'll hit that stringer you'll never even know it yeah yeah you know, and you just pull your stringer and you got a half a fish yeah it's like man when did that happen <laughs> they're, they're so quick about it um it's funny shrimp boats off the beachfront you know if you've got a big enough boat and you feel confident enough to run the beachfront and get off the beach a little ways come summertime uh the shrimpers start running the beachfront you'll see them out there when you see one of those stop and call and you want to go play with some sharks go get behind that shrimp boat that's the place there'll be. be sharks there and there'll, be and sharks, there'll be a little bit of everything there, there. yeah there will um, be jacks there'll be all kind of stuff yeah. in there but there's almost definitely going to be some sharks in there, especially closer to the shore. Yeah. Uh, At times I've, I've caught sharks under birds, you know, Mm -hmm. birds working out there, uh, bait balls, you know, a lot of the same things that we're looking for on game fish, Mm -hmm. you can find sharks that same way on the beachfront.
1: And they are Uh, fun. Um, I did, I did want to emphasize, go ahead. Uh, I, I did want to emphasize real quick, um, in Texas, uh, daily bag is one and has to be minimum 24 inches for black tip, um, sharp nose and bonnet head. I believe, uh, you catch a spinner. It's going to have to be 64 inches. Uh, and I believe that goes for some of the other bull sharks and stuff, but, uh, for, for the ones that probably would be table fare, um, it's black tip bonnet head and, um, uh, sharp nose, the, the, that's a minimum 24 inches and you have to have a non-stainless steel circle hook. Uh, if you're going to be, you know, if you get stopped fishing for sharks, it has to be non-stainless steel. So yeah, for the reason law. you just gave. Yeah. yeah.
2: They made that law a few years ago. Uh, it's a good law to have. Uh, Let it rust out. None the worse for wear. Yeah. I've never really compared sharks. I've eaten shark, but I've never really compared like the sharp nose and the bonnet head. And the, I know black tip are really good black I mean, tip that, are really good that's, and, and let's that's get to, probably the best eating of the sharks.
1: Yes, it is. And they're easy and they're abundant uh, down here. So let's get to the other part of his question. Uh, because I, I did this wrong for years and years and years, just flat out. I was always told as a kid, you know, bleed it, you know, bleed it. Just cut the tail open, let it bleed. That's not the best way to do it that it you can. And it, and, and I have, and I've, I've, I've been able to, you know, had shark like that. Uh, but the best way is, I mean, as soon as you get it and as soon as possible after, you know, um, you know, the, the, the shark is, is done, so to speak, uh, gut it, take, take everything inside its guts out, uh, as soon as, as soon as possible. And the reason is, um, they excrete their urine through every organ into the meat. Um, and so the meat is, is really, really good. If you clean it like that, you know, you can bleed the tail, but before it, but, but more than anything, just completely gut it, take it all out. So nothing is excreting into the skin to the point where if they do, if you do it wrong and you don't do that, you can open the ice chest and actually
2: it smells like urine. Oh yeah. There's a uric acid smell. It's, it's nasty. It's nasty. Uh, I'll see people at the docks with sharks that they pull out of the ice chest. And they're dropping them up there on the cleaning table, and they haven't like, been gutted well, that's yet. That's going to taste like, nasty. That is not good. <laughs> yeah, you want to you want to gut them. It's it's a real simple. Just open them up, clean it out real good, shake it off the back end of the boat, throw it in ice chest. Yeah. Um, don't you know? Don't get too fancy with it. Uh, I don't know how the the cutting of the tail would work on a smaller size shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you cut the tail off now, he's less than twenty four. that's true i I don't i don't know how a game warden would feel about that we have to talk to a game warden i wouldn't want to risk it yeah so i mean once you once you gut them you've taken care of most of the problem they're going to bleed from that Uh, one other bonus to that and i've done it in the past uh when we we were into a bunch of sharks off the end of the jetties and we wanted to keep a few and so i was gutting them right there and shaking them out brought all the other sharks even closer to the you're boat you're darn right <laughs> you're it darn was, right it was some really good chum they don't and, care about uh, billy <laughs> that was a tough break for billy more but for me to eat That's <laughs> more for me that's for sure um so it is good. Fry. it's Definitely. good it's good two years ago
1: uh, for christmas we had or three years ago you know we do a different country every year for christmas kind of an honor you know honor a different country for dinner and we had uh, the caribbean and i made some some shark steaks and some shark uh, like a stew it's delicious man i mean it's like the uh, it's like the halibut of the gulf i mean if There's you clean it right really yeah i mean
2: it's it's really good yeah uh, it was uh, the 89 freeze or 92 one of the freezes Mm -hmm. and i could not catch trout that day i mean we went out i bought shrimp i mean we tried everything i was fishing east bay and galveston and it was tough it was in the fall there was no birds working there wasn't anything happening and the whole entire cul-de-sac was counting on me and my buddy to bring back fish for a fish fry oh great that's when we ended up at the end of the jetties and we started catching these little sharks. And back then, there wasn't a limit on them. And I don't know, we probably kept six or eight of them, you know, all three to four footers, you know, just little guys. And uh, one after another like that. We brought them back home. We didn't tell anybody what they were. We, you know, we cleaned them there at the at the dock. those; They're nice looking fillets, good white mm-hmm. meat, pretty fillets. And we took them home and we, you know, we chunked them up. And I told Camille what they were and she fried them all up. Everybody on the whole cul-de-sac ate like kings, and <laughs> and then, then we told them what it was, and everybody's like, "Huh? Yeah. Would have never guess. Would yeah. have never ever guess that that was shark." Yeah, it's I don't good. know what they thought a shark would taste like, but they obviously not what it was. Cook it like a white meat fish.
1: That's why I said it's kind of like a, a, a halibut of the Gulf. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's the best way to do it. But yeah, don't forget to uh, as soon as you can. If you if you hammer his head, whatever uh,
2: you know, uh, neutralize it and then gut it, uh, just gut it as soon as you can. Yeah, typically I, you know, I would throw them into an ice chest and they don't, they don't live long in an ice chest. And so I'd throw it in there and open the lid, check it. And then as soon as they, they've looked like they're <laughs> calm enough and yeah. then, uh, then go ahead and gut them and, and clean them out real good. And, yeah. Uh, handling a shark is a whole different ball game too. We'll, we'll talk they, about it that that top fin is your steering mechanism you can kind of steer them with that by holding on to it if you've got a gaff uh gaff them have somebody have the lid of the ice chest open throw them in there don't unhook them don't don't mess with it just in you know, all one motion as fast mm-hmm. as you can they do not tail grab them i see people want they to come right around they can bite their own tail yeah and so when you grab that tail they can bite you uh you see that happening a lot they've you can also grab them around the gills, uh, the smaller ones, just like we would a trout or a redfish. Uh, I've done that quite a bit on smaller sharks, and you've got a good grip on them, and you can hold them there. Uh, you can do the two-handed grip on their, the side fins and pick them up that way. Uh, the thing to know, though, is that they can turn in a complete circle. Yeah. And they're stronger than they look. They're, mm-hmm. they're a very, very strong animal. Uh, just got to be careful when you're handling them and do not tail grab them. That's just, that's number one on the list. Don't, don't think that you're going to do it. Like you, you know, I tail grab jacks, kingfish, you know, all kinds of stuff. Most people go ahead and gaff. I'm going to catch them and release them. And so I don't want to put a hole in them and I've got my gloves and I reach down there and I grab them by that wrist of that tail jacks, Kings, all those that got a small, uh, right before their tail that little wrist yeah it's just usually little... get your hand around it uh shark it looks tempting because it is you know a narrow spot in there and it looks like man there's a perfect handle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No. You> scratch <laughs> up your wrist real good yeah don't be tempted on that
1: uh, so i've and seen also, some guys uh with especially with a little bigger shark four or five footer whatever drag them backwards off the boat a little bit and that'll neutralize them then you can get them into the ice just that way um, and actually
2: it kind of drowns them from what i what yeah. i gather you know pulling them backwards yeah yeah uh, you know, on a bigger shark i guess that would work just fine i'm not going to keep a bigger shark right uh, anything over about four feet i'm just not, not that's the sweet spot it. three or four feet three to four feet is that's a good eating size uh plenty of meat on it uh the bigger ones i just not don't want to mess with them and Honestly, I don't have an ice chest big enough for something like that anyway.
1: (laughs) That's true, too. All right, before we get out of here, uh, I don't want to, we've got some topics that we're going to have to to carry over into uh, next week, but that's cool. We always got uh, good questions coming in, good topics coming in. I definitely want to hit blind casting for trout with a fly. We've been asked this before, and I don't really feel like we, um, maybe we did, but it's been a while. Uh, I'll just read the question. Scott, uh, I know you're a purist. Uh, but say a guy wanted to work on his fly casting in the bay, blind casting for trout. What would that setup look like? What would the sink tips be uh, that are necessary, uh, leaders, et cetera. And would you recommend it? What fly patterns would you recommend for this? I I think I told you a while back, I was just fascinated. I was, I was fishing in, in East Matagorda and I saw some guy pull up just blind casting, blind casting, blind casting. And I was fishing for a long time there. And I finally saw him catch, uh, a trout on, on a fly. Uh, and he was about a good couple hundred yards away. So I couldn't really see exactly what he had, but I heard him say, that's the trout, that's the trout. And you could tell he just wanted to catch a trout on a fly. And sure enough, he did. That's gotta be, just, that's gotta be even more exciting than redfish. Cause at least redfish, you can, you know, you can target them. Cause you see them most, a lot of times you can put the bait where you, you know, where you want the fly, where you want, but. Your thoughts on
2: blind casting for trout with a fly? It's gonna wear you out. Number one, blind casting—they wore that dude out, out. <laughs> but he it'll, was happy. It'll wear you out. Yeah. Um, I'm not a purist. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> don't be offended. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you do it the same way you would be throwing soft plastics, and you work an area that looks good. You know, the drop off of a grass bed, any place that you would normally be throwing conventional gear for for a trout. Uh, Anything, a six, seven, eight weight is plenty. Uh, Most everybody has an eight weight or seven weight along the Texas coast. That's typically what we have for redfish. Uh, I wouldn't really change the leader much. Maybe go a little longer. Uh, Depends on how deep of water you're talking, but most of the time you're going to be wading. You're in three feet of water, maybe four at the most, throwing on a drop-off. That fly is going to get down enough. Use a weighted fly. I wouldn't even bother with the sink tip fly line uh, just go with your standard floating fly line Mm -hmm. eight nine foot leader and a weighted fly if you want to get down a little bit deeper something like a clouser with the lead head on it and just work it like you would a a soft plastic jig you know little short strips Uh, you're trying to imitate a bait fish now if you get into wanting to hunt for bigger trout and it's winter time uh, maybe go with a deceiver style. You know, something, a bigger profile bait fish. It's going to be harder to throw for a long time. Uh, A clouser, you can tie it thinner. It'll look like a small bait fish. And it'll be a lot easier to cast over and over and over again. Uh, So I would probably go that route. Maybe take that and throw it around the the opening of a gut going back into the marsh. Mm -hmm. And a little outgoing tide. Great place to pick up trout. Uh, just keep throwing it in there and letting the current kind of rip it and pull it through there and do little short jerky strips and make it, it pop inter- a little let bit. me stop
1: you right there because that's what i'm thinking as i'm listening to you because i've never fly fished saltwater um and i'm thinking how do you work the bait if you're just stripping it's it's not really popping as much as you would otherwise or can you, do you just raise your rod and strip how do you do that now
2: you're, you're pointing your rod right right at it you don't want any slack in that fly line at all you'll never get the hook set so you're pointing it at it and you're you're manipulating it with your your pull hand say i'm I'm right-handed i've got the rod in my right hand the line is in my left hand and i'm pulling little short two three inches at a time and it just makes it look like a little bait fish that's Mm -hmm. kind of jerky swimming and then maybe let it rest for a second and let it fall a little bit you're manipulating it by pulling on the line Mm-hmm. instead of raising a rod tip or doing anything like that. You start raising a rod tip, then you get a hit. You'll never get caught up to it <laughs> yeah. and it, it just ain't going to work. Yeah. That's the first um, thing I thought. I was like, okay, maybe over shell, especially that would be effective.
1: Cause it's just kind of skipping over the shell. Oh yeah. 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 It, it, I mean,
2: there's nothing wrong with it at all. It, mm-hmm. I would pick any kind of bait fish fly, but the two standard long-term been around forever is a, you know, lefty's deceiver and a clouser minnow uh clouser you can tie it thick you can tie it thinner there's all different ways of doing it. you can put lead head on it you can put bead chain eyes if you don't want to go quite as deep Mm -hmm. Uh, you can fish them naked uh without anything on that front and then they'll stay up a little bit shallower Uh, i'd say the shallower i'd be more tempted to go with the uh, deceiver style with no weight on it and if i had to fish a little bit deeper I just go ahead and and use a lead head uh, you yeah, know Pretty much everybody that's that's the two old standard yeah. flies. Yeah. They've been around forever. And, fishing tackle uh, unlimited. Yeah, fishing tackle unlimited. Any fly shop's gonna have those flies in it. Uh, but any bait fish looking fly would, would work. Uh, but you do want it to get down a little bit, you know, not ride quite so high up in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, now a situation where like you would throw a corky that Deceiver would be great. Mm-hmm. Deceiver, let it mimic, just droop, let it drop down. the same thing as a, as a Corky. is kind of neutrally buoyant and it'll slow sink. Um, that would be fantastic for fishing for big trout. Uh, but for the most part, you're not, you don't have to go get specialized gear or anything like that. What you're using for redfish will work just fine on the trout. Uh, just change where you're fishing mm-hmm. and know that you want to get it down a little bit more. A lot of casts <laughs> and a lot of casts. You know, eat your Wheaties that morning. Yeah, you, exactly. You, you're gonna you're gonna need some Advil at the end of the day too. <laughs> so, what what an accomplishment! That would be a kick in the pants to be able to do that.
1: That's why I mean, you're I've the got,
2: best. I've got guys that that'll uh, DJ and John from New York. I've talked about them before. Mm-hmm. On a cloudy day when we're not able to see redfish, they'll. St- stand up there and take turns you know they'll They'll say let's go minutes yeah and they'll blind cast the whole entire time until we do see a fish Mm -hmm. and it pays off quite a bit for them they they catch a lot of fish just purely blind casting yeah
1: and still bait working it's the same thing that is why you're the best captain scott uh this was a really good so all, all three topics that we had were right in your wheelhouse and um uh, but bef- you know, before we 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 move on, I wanna I wanna be able to, to brag one more time. I'm, I have all my notes here, and I skipped a couple. This is a neat one. So your friend and mine, Chet Morampudi, I just talked to him um, uh, late last week, and I just kind of said, "Oh, so what's up? How you doing? How many? You know how the boat's going?" So he celebrated, and you may know this, Scott, but this is really really cool. He celebrated his first year um, at the beginning of May being the dude over there, building boats. You know, he got it from Forrest and is really, you know, adding people, still handmade boats over at uh, in Port Lavaca, the Freedom Boats. He's building your general, he's built my uh, warrior and, and he does the Chiquita and, and the Patriot as well. So the year before, uh no, not the year before, the most boats they ever built by hand were 26 in one year. He celebrated his one year anniversary with his 101st boat. So quadrupled it and it's still the same, you know, you've seen it. I mean, the, 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 the the care that he takes to build those boats just perfectly is incredible. But how about that in one year, these freedom boats are going nuts. And he did 101 in a year.
2: Well, the thing that's impressed me about him being over there and hanging out is the workers. I mean, he's got some good guys in there that are, they're, they're humping it. Uh, I watched them in Something that caught my eyes, they they were working on building that mold for the the general. Mm-hmm. And once they laid a bunch of fiberglass up, and they got to let it. You know, it's got to sit, it's got to wait, and got to got to dry, got to cure. They didn't just go hang out. Yeah, take a break. They, they went and started <laughs> working on another boat. Yeah. And while that one was drying, they went and worked on another boat. And there was no no downtime. It wasn't like, hey, you know, we we've got three hours, yeah. you know, to, to kill here they just went from boat to boat to boat and and talking to chet he's got some big plans for new buildings and adding even more people and he's he's got a hell of a good crew working over there yeah Uh, and they care that that was the other thing that i noticed was just watching their work ethic and the way that they were going about building that mold uh they were really paying attention and there's you know a couple of them have more experience than some others Uh, they worked on big boats over in florida Mm-hmm. those two guys were you know teaching some of the other guys a few things about your boat about what the difference thing the yeah. different things and you got to do et cetera. They, yeah just yeah. how they were how they were meticulously going about what they were doing yeah uh, there was some there's there was pride in workmanship i guess mm-hmm. that's the best way to sum it up and that impressed me quite a bit yeah uh, i'm really happy watching. for him he's
1: a really good dude and of course um i would recommend. he's got dealerships uh, you know four or five dealerships now but uh, for the greater Houston area and really anybody, uh, on the Gulf coast, I would recommend going to the boat yard. I was over there, uh, dropping off some OG sauce. Yes. There's some OG sauce now available at the boat yard. Uh, <laughs> you can pick that up there, uh, talking to JT and, and, uh, Jake, and, um, they've got all the, the, the all the pay, all the freedom boats there as well. And, um, last thing before we would get to what would Scott do, uh, because the weather, uh, like I said, I, 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 had the itch so bad I couldn't go this past weekend. I had the golf thing and something else. I said, you know, what? I'm gonna go during the week, so I'm gonna knock off and go tomorrow. Uh, but as far as the weekend, we'll get to what was Scott do. Uh, But the other thing that I didn't mention, uh, and I need to, is the particulars of the Bite Me combo. Uh, somebody uh, mentioned to me, "Hey man, I'm really interested in that uh, CoastalFishingGear.com. Twenty percent off with the Bite Me twenty code. You know, the what is the Bite Me combo though? What comes with it? So I made it a point. Uh, to call it up, uh, Tim and Jason, you can get 20% off. It's normally $199. he has got it down to 149 You get another 20% off if you use that quote co- code. It's going to include the Wade Wright belt, the front rod tube, the large tackle box, box with the strap, uh, small tackle box, back support, the Madre sling strap, uh, the CFG Wade net, the stringer holder, and the wrap uh, for 20% off of $149.99. So I wanted to give them... Uh, they're due because uh, a texter actually said, all right, so what all am I getting on that? So there, now you know. All right, what would Scott do? I'm going out tomorrow, baby, and uh, I'm excited. I think I'm going to have decent enough weather. I'm looking at it right now, Scott, but let's talk Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you've got that look on your face like,
2: oh, here we go again.
1: Yeah, we got
0: wind <laughs>
2: again. You know, it wasn't bad. Yesterday was nice. Monday, of course. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was of light course. winds my guys come in from Dallas, they towed their boat down here, wanted me to run their boat with them. And this morning it was, it was probably 10, 10 to 12 this morning, but by this afternoon it was ripping pretty good. we tried to go, go out and check the buoys for ling, and we were taking water over the bow. So yeah. You don't want to do that. I think you caught yeah, enough we, fish. <laughs> we kind of backed off of that. And there was some solid fours and fives moving around out there around the end of the jetties. And now it's picking up it's, Getting uh, even higher. I, I look at uh, Windfinder all the time, and the the purples are like less than ten, and blues are ten to fifteen, and then the greens start going up. Well, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I got this, orange. All green on, on mine. On mine,
1: orange is orange and red are, are dicey. I got orange on Thursday and Friday.
2: Yeah, it's all it's all looking like mid twenties, gusting to thirty. Ooh, uh, all through there. So. The only good news there is it's out of the southeast, so it's not going to dirty the water up too bad.
1: Now, Saturday and afternoon a gets a little, little better.
2: Saturday afternoon gets a little better. Still southeast wind, at least where I'm looking. There's some weird deal about Saturday that, uh, that has me kind of puzzled. I'm going to need to look at some some other forecasts, but it's like five miles an hour at midnight, 13 at daylight, and then 28 gusts into 35 by 7 a.m. You know what? And then it drops by the afternoon. I got the exact
1: same thing. Look at the green and then look at the orange. Yeah. It goes from, uh, for, uh, on East Matagorda, uh, 1 a.m., 8 miles an hour. That, that's pretty much the, the same until 5 a.m., 9.5 miles an hour. 6 a.m., 27.3. Yeah, there's something weird
2: about that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I trust this completely. But I have not, a different app, and it says the same thing. Yeah, because by the afternoon, it's back down to 10. Yeah. The big, you know, the, big wave uh, coming late. early on Saturday. That, that's an that's a very odd forecast for a Saturday. Must be a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's, only explanation. That's the only explanation. The tournament starts at six a.m. Five a.m.
1: It's eight miles an hour. <laughs> six a.m. Twenty-seven point three. Of course, <laughs> that's when the tournament is starting. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a shotgun
2: start going off right at um, six, baby. I can tell you, 10. it's right at six. As far as what I would do, I guess I would get up in the morning and check it and see, see what the hell's going on, and put my finger in the air and, and you know, see see what's actually yourself. happening. Because when a forecast is that screwed up, yeah. you know, with a jump up and a jump down and all that, I'd really have a hard time believing it unless yeah. there's some little storm popping up. I would check the wind in the morning, check that forecast again. They'll update it three times, four times between now and then, and then choose my area wisely, mm-hmm. and choose my route wisely, and try to find some place that's got a little bit of protection. Uh, if I got to go fish, that may be a day to to stay in the ditch. You know, we've we've done a we've lot talked of about that. Yeah, in intercoastal uh, on a day when it's just really iffy as to what that afternoon's going to be, I really would hate to run all the way across the bay be close at south shoreline i've done it way too many times where i've woke up in the morning said man that forecast is wrong yeah and i'm gonna go fish over there anyway and then about three hours later i'm going hmm yeah this is gonna be a fun ride i guess they were right yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but uh, find you some protected areas that uh, you have safe access to yeah and try to fish that protected protected water I would not try to fish a north shoreline anywhere no. along the way. I'd, I'd hang to those south shorelines, maybe get back into the marsh a little bit. Uh, this is not a time to go check out the the beachfront and the jetties because uh, that can a wind like that. It could be really dangerous. Yeah, you know, if it gets up into the mid thirties, like they're talking, uh, mine's showing a five foot sea. I mean, it showed three foot today, and I guarantee you there was some fours and fives out there. So yeah. if it's showing a five and it's going to get on up there sporty i think is the term that a lot yeah, of people like sporty. to use <laughs> but uh yeah it would around here it would be a time for me to get into the lagoon shoal water you know something that's protected uh from the wind and then if it got up a little bit higher like they're predicting then maybe switch over and get into the get in the ditch and mm-hmm. go plugging along the sides of the ditch um if you've got an area more like, you know, where you are in Matagorda, the marshes off the ditch or something yeah. like Caleb's fixing to kill me. No, but I, uh,
1: I talk about him all the time and he gives me dirty looks, Yeah, uh, but that's what I way. would, that's what I'm planning on doing. Now tomorrow I'm going to have okay wind. So I might dig around a little bit other places, but yeah, yeah I do that all the time. got yeah, Caleb, Caleb, uh, doesn't like when I talk about that, but there's fish there. So yeah, that's what yeah, I'm going to like do. We
2: talked about, you know, last weekend, we said everything was wide open. Go, mm-hmm. go do what you want, go where you want this time you need to do a little more planning. You need yeah. to do a little more thinking about just from a safety standpoint, of yeah. not getting caught over there on that South shoreline and having to cross an open bay. And yeah, you know, a lot of that depends on your boat too. You know, you got the boat that can handle it. Go ahead. I mean, I guess just enjoy the ride. Actually- Right. It's gonna be uh, slow and it's gonna be wet. They have those uh, stainless
1: steel rod uh, you know, grips for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Good stuff, really, really good stuff. Don't forget uh Scott and for your photos that you get of Scott Wildlife Pictures that are out of this world. Maybe a good gift for Father's Day, ladies, if you're listening. Uh, and certainly another good gift for Father's Day coming up uh would be some um uh, gear. Uh bite me hats and shirts and buffs. And eh, throw a bottle of O.G. sauce in there, too. You get that at Anglers Anonymous, uh, TexasStarGrillShop.com, Texas Star Grill Shop in Houston, and uh, the Boatyard. All right, man, uh, really, really good stuff. This was a, if, if if Captain Caleb was going to be sick, this was the day to do it. This was the, the Scott and all specialties. jetties, sharks, blind casting for trout. What else do you want? We will talk to you guys next week. Be safe this weekend if you do get out there and uh, catch them up. We will talk to you then.